Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Star Wars 7x7, episode 497. Today it's day two of the reveals from Entertainment Weekly for their double issue that's hitting newsstands today, as it turns out. But we're running down all of the articles that they posted yesterday, Thursday, which reveal stuff about Supreme Leader Snoke and Maz Kanata and Luke Skywalker. Punch it, Chewie. No traps, no moisture, no committees. Just rebel-rousing fun for everyday Jedis. It's the Star Wars 7x7 Podcast with your host, Alan Voivod. Destiny Unleashed. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and (laughs) if you're not rushing out to the newsstand to pick up a copy of Entertainment Weekly right now, well, gee whiz, you can listen to the podcast while you go do it. So go do it. Although I guess I shouldn't be saying that because I'm not rushing out right now, actually. I'm, I am going to be receiving the digital edition of it sometime at midnight uh, tonight. So at least tonight, uh, turning into uh, November 14th. So yeah, if you're not rushing out, then I don't blame you because you could just you know stay home and have it delivered to you. Wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, um, <laughs> for the actual stuff that we're going to talk about, let's talk about it. Um, first of all, they teased us and said that they were going to do something about General Hux in the Thursday releases of articles, but they did not after all. And not that I'm complaining because they did post three new articles from their giant round of coverage on The Force Awakens. One of them on Supreme Leader Snoke, one of them on Maz Kanata, and one of them on Luke Skywalker. We will save the most intriguing for last, although I guess everybody has their own opinion on what's going to be most intriguing. But with that said, I'm going to give you the same caveat that I gave you yesterday about what is about to come, which is that I know some people... You know, it's it's one thing to be sensitive to spoilers and leaks and all that sort of thing and to want to be a you know non-spoiler person, and that's perfectly fine. And then there's yet another level, and as I you know get closer to the movie and as we all get closer to the movie, I'm hearing from more and more people who are saying that they're getting to shutdown mode, where even the official releases of information they just don't want any part of because it's just it's too much, and they want to go in as clean as possible and in fact it even comes up as part of the discussion over Luke Skywalker about about asking things about where is he and what's he up to and all that and the response coming from both Mark Hamill and J.J. Abrams is you know the whole point is to try and drop you in the middle of things and not bring you up to speed on a lot of stuff that's the way it was with the original Star Wars and that's kind of the experience that they'd like you to have with The Force Awakens but I think they've slowly been uh, chipping away at that. I don't think anybody's coming in clean the same way that we came in with A New Hope. But that all being said, the point of the long rambling disclosure here is that there are many things here that maybe you don't want to hear. Of course, J.J. Abrams and company are still very sensitive about keeping secrets 
for the movie, so there's still a lot that isn't being told. And yet, even though these are reveals that are coming from official sources, maybe you don't want to hear them all. So I'm going to say them, whatever they may be. So just be sure that you want to hear them before you continue on. All right, so let's start with the Supreme Leader Snoke article that appears on the website. And we will have all the articles linked at the blog post for this show's episode at SW7X7.com. So one of the interesting revelations that came out of the article is that Snoke's look has actually been a work in progress. And they actually say that uh, the voice and look and movements evolved based on how far Andy Serkis and director and co-writer J.J. Abrams could push the technology. Uh, Andy Serkis says, when we first started working on it, he had some rough notions of how Snoke was going to look, he presumably meaning J.J. Abrams, uh, but it hadn't really fully formed and it almost came out of discussion and performance. And they've actually been working with um, with Circus's company Imaginarium and with, uh, <laughs> with J.J. Abrams directing from Los Angeles while Circus is uh, all the way overseas. They've continued to be making refinements to the character over time. So it's still not quite finished. And I guess it's been an evolving thing to the point where there, I didn't know there was any concept art floating around about Supreme Leader Snoke. That's a new one on me, but that even if there is, that it's probably out of date by the time, you know, that, that it's out there essentially, because there have been so many different uh, revisions and alterations. And as they mentioned, pushing the technology for it, that it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't look like whatever it must've looked like at the beginning. But the other thing, too, that they talk about in terms of the look is there's a question about whether prosthetics could have gotten Andy Circus there. And he says that, no, absolutely not. That just isn't a possibility based on um, what the character looks like. Um, the facial design, he says, you couldn't have gotten there. It's too extreme. Without giving too much away at this point, he has a very distinctive idiosyncratic bone structure and facial structure. You could never have done it in real life. So that is a syncretic bone structure. I mean, that sounds like we've got a really interesting alien of the characters. Another reason why they could not have done it uh, in makeup or anything like that. Circus says he is large. He appears tall. So a uh, very imposing guy, which is a very Vader-esque quality, I would say. And Circus also describes Supreme Leader Snoke as a long-range schemer, not an impulsive hothead type. Actually, that's um, in the article itself. It's not a direct quote from Andy Circus, but even so, um, he's somebody who is uh, definitely playing the long game. This is the actual quote from Circus. Supreme Leader Snoke is quite an enigmatic character and strangely vulnerable at the same time as being quite powerful. Obviously, he has a huge agenda. He's suffered a lot of damage, I suppose. Now, as to where he fits in the whole pantheon of the Star Wars galaxy, they asked Circus that, and he said that uh, Snoke is a new character in this universe. It's very much a newly introduced character. He's aware of what's going on in the respect that he's been around and is aware of prior events. But Circus says, I think it'd be fair to say that he's aware of the past to a great degree. But also Circus thinks that he was outside of the conflict between the Rebellion and the Empire. So he is definitely a new player on the scene here for all intents and purposes. And additionally, the last tidbit is that he does say that he and Lupita Nyong'o, who plays Maz Kanata, are the only two motion capture characters in the film. So everybody else that you see is actually there standing in front of you when you're watching the movie. 
All right, let's jump over to our other motion capture character, Maz Kanata, played by Lupita Nyong'o. And first of all, a couple of confirmations. First, that goggly-eyed character that we saw tucked away in the poster right near where 3PO and R2 are. And nobody was really sure who that was, but the the betting money was on Maz Kanata, and that is correct. That is Maz right there. So head back to the poster and have a look at what Maz Kanata looks like. And secondly, the voice that we've been hearing in the recent trailers and TV spots, uh, particularly the most recent one where somebody says, I've lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people. That is Maz Kanata, so we've been hearing her voice as well. That's also been the where the betting money has been on the narration side of things. And we actually get a bit of backstory in the article from J.J. Abrams about Maz Kanata, but according to him, we are not going to hear a lot of her backstory in the movie, but we are going to get it in related material. So that would mean like books and uh, comics and reference guides and that sort of thing. That's where we're going to be learning more about Maz Kanata and what her deal is. But she is playing essentially, I guess, the Yoda role for all intents and purposes, or the Obi-Wan role, or the Qui-Gon role. In other words, she is going to be the old, wise, mystic person in the movie. And considering that she's lived even longer than Yoda, (laughs) I think that gives her a pretty good shot at doing that. It says that that she has lived more than a thousand years which is just astounding. And uh, she's been a pirate for quite a long time. And the place that she has, the castle, has been her watering hole, as described, for about a century. It's like another bar that you'd find in a corner of the Star Wars universe, J.J. Abrams says. He also says that that eyes thing is pretty important about what she sees. Um, The article says that her eyes have special meaning and power. J.J. Abrams particularly says, I had some specific ideas about how she would work and what she would do. I had this pitch about these goggles that she wore. Her eyes are an important aspect of her character, and you'll see how it plays out. And this, of course, had some uh, interesting challenges from the motion capture side of things. And Lupita says, as an actor, for films, your eyes are a lot of the way you communicate anyway. So it was definitely a gift to have that be the means to her magic as a motion capture character. Because, of course, Lupita has never done motion capture work before, but I guess she worked very closely with Andy Serkis, at least behind the scenes and at his uh, London studio, The Imaginarium. But the article does say that Lupita Nyong'o and Andy Serkis do not share any screen time. So if you're wondering about how that plays out, well, there you go. And that's going to do it for Maz Kanata. Now to the article about Luke Skywalker, and specifically the articles about where Luke Skywalker is. Here's the thing I really like about this article, and I think it probably reveals more about the movie than some of you want to hear. Um, But again, it's sort of supposition in a way, and yet it also seems to play along with a couple of rumors and spoilers that have been going around for quite some time. Uh, The way the article is written, uh, I love the turn of phrase, Luke Skywalker has gone from hero to MacGuffin. Uh, Filmmaking aficionados know the term popularized by Alfred Hitchcock as being an object or mystery that drives the story. (laughs) And this is terrific. More Maltese Falcon than Millennium Falcon. Right there. That was well done. So kudos to Anthony Bresnikan for coming up with that particular analogy. I like that a lot. Um, Luke Skywalker is being described as the hero, or the, um, uh, the thing that, is trying to be found or understood or the puzzle that's being tried to unlock in The Force Awakens. And, yeah, that's uh, 
uh, a big deal. J.J. <laughs> Abrams says, we're hoping people would care, but there are a lot of things that are not on the poster as busy as the poster is. Certainly, Luke is a very important aspect of the story. That's just, you know, starting from the point of, you know, where is Luke and why isn't he in any of the material that is coming out to promote the movie in the first place? Uh, it they do say that the question of where is Luke is one the movie is going to answer, but it can't very well tell you up front what the actual answer to that is. And they go into the idea of how people pass into myth and into you know fairy tales, I guess, for lack of a better way of putting it. But mythology is probably the more appropriate way, considering what we all work with in terms of the Star Wars saga. How, if you haven't been exposed to somebody for decades or if you live in some place where you know stories only make it to you third and fourth hand that you don't actually necessarily believe in the complete reality of what happened in a world like the analogy that they give deals around um you know basically like world wars like if you ask somebody uh in our generation about uh, Winston Churchill or, you know, going back even further, like Archduke Ferdinand or something like that. All these characters, if we haven't really learned about them and studied them in in a high school or college or whatever, are kind of mythological in their own way. Because, yeah, maybe we've heard of them and maybe we know one or two facts about them, but it's all still kind of squishy and questionable in our heads. And it could very well be that way in the Star Wars universe when it comes to the characters of Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and Han Solo. And so here's Abrams' take on this, and this is a longer one. He says, It was the thing that struck me the hardest, which was the idea that doing a story that took place nearly 40 years after Jedi meant that there would be a generation for whom Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Leia would be as good as myth. They'd be as old and as mythic as the tale of King Arthur. They'd be characters who they may have heard of, but maybe not. They'd be characters who they might believe existed or just sounded like a fairy tale. And Bresnikan chimes in and says this is especially true of Daisy Ridley's Ray, a young woman who was abandoned on the desert world of Jakku as a child and forced to eke out a meager existence as a scavenger amid its battlefield junkyards. Then Abrams continues and says, To someone who is living alone and struggling without a formal education or support system, who knows what that person in the literal middle of nowhere would have ever heard about any of these things or would ever know, and how much that person would have to infer and piece together on their own. Uh, so the idea that someone like that would begin to learn the Jedi were real and that the Force exists and that there's a power in the universe that sounds fanciful but is actually possible was an incredibly intriguing notion. And meanwhile, John Boyega's Finn, who they say is raised from childhood to be a stormtrooper for the First Order, has actually heard of Luke Skywalker, but has given a starkly different picture of him. And we did touch on this in yesterday's episode as well. Uh, for Finn, Boyega says he's been raised from the ashes of the Empire. He's been taught about Luke Skywalker. He knows about his history. For him, it's like joining the army and then learning about one of the greatest enemies of your country. It has that effect on him. But... In terms of the Force and the magical stuff that happens, that's the point where Finn kind of questions what is what. What is the Force and what part does Luke Skywalker play in all this? Oh, and the article does address one thing that I've said on the podcast a number of times before. is probably going to be one of the biggest sticking points for me in The Force Awakens that they have to address and do it credibly. And that is how Luke's lightsaber from Bespin actually ends up as part of this movie. I mean, I know that it, you know his hand was found and cloned in the old expanded universe, now Legends, but, you know... 
Bespin is so huge and it could have been anywhere and so many people have done like really detailed digital analyses of the object that falls out of Cloud City and that Luke watches plummet into nothingness. Uh, nobody knows for sure. Was it the lightsaber? Was it his hand? Was it his hand holding the lightsaber? Was it just some other piece of random junk that happened to be stuck in those exhaust tubes? Nobody knows for sure, but the idea of being able to find that lightsaber in that huge, ginormous situation and considering the possibility that it could have fallen into you know the belly of a gas giant planet, they're going to have to come with a really good reason for it. But uh, the article says that Finn ends up in possession of the lightsaber that once belonged to Luke and to Luke's father before him. It was last seen tumbling down an air shaft after Darth Vader sliced off his hand and revealed that he was Luke's father. <laughs> he was Luke's father. In this film, dot, 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 it's an important piece of the puzzle that will reveal Luke's fate and whereabouts. Dun, dun, dun! I don't even know what to make of that. Like, why, <laughs> why does that end up having any sort of pointer to that. I mean, it's not like it's a divining rod that like you grab it and it's going to lead you to, um, <laughs> to the person with the force, is it? Uh, I don't think so, but there was one thing that had occurred to me a while back, and it was while reading the novel Dark Disciple. That was the one that came out in July that was based on uh, an eight-episode cycle from the Clone Wars of unproduced scripts, and it featured... Uh, Asajj Ventress and Quinlan Voss in an attempt to assassinate Count Dooku. And Quinlan Voss is a, sort of a cowboy Jedi, if you will, sort of in the same mold that Kanan Jarrus is on Star Wars Rebels. But Quinlan Voss had a rare Jedi talent, and that is the talent of psychometry, which means that he could actually touch different objects and see things about their owners and what was going on in their lives. So... I suppose it's possible that somehow somebody could find that lightsaber and through the through the Jedi or Sith or just force power, if you will, of psychometry, that maybe they could get a handle on Luke that way. But now we're really just digging <laughs> as best as we can for possibilities. But it's really interesting to know that it's going to somehow factor into Luke's fate and whereabouts. So that's as much as we get about Luke Skywalker in this article. And in fact, they go the opposite way and end up trying to obscure something. Uh, there's a note from Bresnikan in there about how some fans have come up with a theory that Kylo Ren is actually Luke Skywalker in disguise and that it doesn't really make sense because we all know that Adam Driver is playing Kylo Ren. Like, that's been established. But... He writes that a much better guess is that Luke is actually in the trailer is that cloaked figure affectionately brushing R2-D2's dome with a robotic right hand. And that's, you know, part of his, you know, part of the narration in the trailers where he says, I have it, and referring to the uh, the force running strong in his family. But when he puts it to J.J. Abrams, it says Abrams won't confirm or deny anything. And he says, quote, the thing I'm most grateful for is that anyone's asking any questions. So... That's a little weird. Uh, don't know why we would ever arrive at the conclusion that that's not Luke, that that could be somebody else. Is it entirely possible that he's been totally hidden from us in the trailers, period, paragraph, end of story? I just, I, I can't buy that somehow. I mean, of course, there's got to be, you know, more people in the universe with robotic hands than just Luke. 
and why R2-D2 is hanging around him. I mean, it's got to be it's got to be Luke, right? It can't be anybody else. I mean, if you have some crazy theory about who that could be with R2-D2, or if you want to even get crazier and say, no, that's not R2-D2, that's some other astromech droid, then chime in in the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. And that is going to wrap it up for the... <laughs> wrap-up of the reveals from Entertainment Weekly for Thursday. They say they're going to do more about Supreme Leader Snoke, and then, of course, they had promised General Hux stuff, so we're not sure if that's really going to come true, but we are going to pursue it. And I believe what's going to end up happening is that we will pursue it on Sunday in our Force Awakens weekly update. And in the meantime, after the break, we'll give you the last tune-up before Saturday's Star Wars Trivia Weekly Lightning Challenge. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you've got a business that you need to get in front of a bunch of Star Wars fans, then I've got an idea for you. I'm looking for a sponsor to get the entire Star Wars 7x7 team over to London for Star Wars Celebration Europe next July. And we get a ton of exposure when we do Star Wars Celebration podcasts. Not just the regular episodes, but the bonus stuff, and all the in-person stuff too, not to mention all the live streaming video we do. So if that's something of interest to you, then reach out via the contact form at SW7x7.com and let's talk. All right, here's your trivia question. Your feeble skills are no match for the power of the dark side. Last time we asked you what C-3PO said was, quote, hardly the word, unquote, he'd have chosen to describe the mission to Endor. It's not bird, bird, bird is the word. No, it is exciting. That's the word he would hardly have chosen. Today's question, what character resides in a mud house on a moss-covered knoll? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you impersonate a deity, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at Patreon.com SW7x7. It's not against your programming, it's Destiny Unleashed. podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, and all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2015 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.